Welcome to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. I'm Rob Matheson. We're revisiting Sudan, where almost a month ago, the military toppled the government and took over power. Now, under an agreement signed with the military, the Prime Minister has been reinstated and a new cabinet will be formed. It's a deal that's been rejected by angry protesters still in the streets of Sudan. So, will it hold? Okay, let's bring in our guests in Khartoum. We have Khalil Khair, she's managing partner at Insight Strategy Partners. In Dubai, Ahmed Al-Gayili, who's a Sudanese lawyer and a legal commentator. And in Doha, we have Walid Madibo, the founder and president of the Sudan Policy Forum. Thank you very much indeed for being with us. Khalid, I'm going to come to you first. This is going to be a technocrat government, ostensibly with no political affiliations. Political prisoners have been released and investigations apparently will be held into the killing of protesters. Is that going to go some way to satisfy the opponents of this agreement? It doesn't look like it. Um, the initial response was very vehement and was very immediate. And we haven't really seen much deviation from that, um, from, from political bodies in the civilian bloc. So neither the resistance committees that make up the bulk of, of the street level movement or the Sudan Professional Association or indeed the forces of freedom and change political umbrella that used to um, sort of protect the prime minister and in many ways help him make political decisions. The fact that the FFC had been pretty much written out of this agreement um, as per, of course, the wishes of um, the Putschists on the 25th of October raises some questions about to what extent the prime minister will have any support from um, as the civilian going forward. Wally, the original transition, transitional process had effectively ground to a halt. At least that's what it looked like from the outside. Doesn't this agreement at least create some sort of room for maneuver to move forward? I believe the, the dissolution of the transitional government threatened to derail the process made in the Sudanese transition thus far and uh, is, has plunged the country back into uh, the cycle of violence. Uh, I, I believe that uh, if, if you look at, the, uh, at the, the fact that that no deal has uh, been reached with the SLM or the S SPLM uh, led by Abdul Wahid Mohammed Noor and Al-Hilo, uh, and if we entertain the idea that uh, the, the coup d'etat imperiled essential uh, debt relief and international aid, and it's now endangering Sudan's international standing as a nascent democracy. I, I don't believe that uh, th this whole issue of uh, technocratic government is, is going to resolve the situation because the, 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 the quagmire is of a political nature rather than uh, of a technocratic uh, nature. Ahmad, at the signing, uh, it was suggested that this was a return to a prior constitutional agreement. Can you just clarify if that's the case? Far from it. I think any interpretation of what was signed yesterday will tell you this is a mere institutionalization of the coup that took place on the 25th of October. The only decision that was reversed from the long list of, of the decisions taken on 25th of October was the reinstatement of the prime minister. However, we're still fully and squarely within what I would call the extra constitutional order that was created that morning. The, the uh, generals still call all the shots. They have 
illegally sacked the cabinet, sacked the sovereignty council, replaced it with uh, individuals that are uh, to their liking. They have reappointed the prime minister who has been under captivity for three weeks, and they have imprisoned uh, hundreds of politicians and, 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 and activists. So um, any suggestion that this is a return to the 24th of October is, is, is defies reality. This is a continuation of the coup and a full capitulation by the prime minister uh, by joining the, uh, the coup plot. Khalid, uh, Ahmed making the point there that this agreement is being accused of being an effort to essentially whitewash the military takeover. If it, that is what the intention is, it doesn't seem to be very effective, does it? Well, no, exactly. But I mean, the, the, the coup plotters have miscalculated uh, the response on the streets several times. So this is by no means a surprise right now. Um, I think what will be telling is to what extent they will continue to uh, miscalculate um, how unpopular this move is. And indeed, how unpopular the military is um, with many people on the street. And, you know, they've been calling for full civilian government, not, a not just a return of Hamdok. That's something that satisfies overwhelmingly the international community, not the Sudanese street. And so in order to get some kind of domestic legitimacy, um, the, you know, Burhan, Hemeti, and everyone around them will need to, you know, really start thinking about ways in which to include the street, making make this much more meaningful. And of course, it, it's not really possible for them in many ways to do so. So they're going to have to think of another way rather than this agreement, which has received very little traction um, with the Sudanese street to get uh, Sudan out of this political crisis. Mm. Well, Lee, you mentioned before that one of the, the significant problems that the, the Sudan was facing were of a political nature. Now, if this is a government of technocrats, if that is essentially an attempt to remove politics from the process and or shall we say remove politics as a distraction from the process, isn't that actually a legitimate way of moving the country forward? See, if, if we go back uh, uh, we'll, we'll, and uh, try to uh, uh, look through the process, uh, Burhan said that he thought it a coup, a coup plot uh, attributed to mutinous uh, military functions and uh, Bashir loyalists. So it's obviously he was under pressure from factions in the army and, and his deputy to take action. But, uh, but, but the partnership has become increasingly strained by demands for military to be brought under civilian control. And uh, now with this new arrangement, it's very obvious that the civilians have been brought under military control rather than the reverse. So uh, I, I don't think that uh, this whole issue of a technocratic government is going to resolve the situation because if you look at the previous government, 70% uh, of them, and I know them personally, uh, were to be considered technocrats. Uh, the, the military had some disagreements with some political figures, but I don't think that a coup d'etat is the way to have resolved the, the situation, killing of 40 uh, youths, uh, injuring about uh, 300 and imprisoning at least 600 individuals. I, I, I think that we are going back to the days of uh, al-Bashir, and unless and until 
we see what kind of a deal uh, Hamdouk could have reached. To me, it's not very clear that he has reached for some sort of a deal that will bring the military and the civilian rule. It's only the reverse that is very clear to me. Mm. Ahmed, in previous years, um, we've seen a lot of pressure, a lot of uh, statements being made by foreign governments, foreign diplomats about the situation in Sudan. It all seems to have gone very quiet on that front since the military takeover. Why do you think that is? Well, I think you can't uh, address the international community in the aggregate. I think there have been pretty vocal uh, voices uh, in the West, especially in the U.S., uh, speaking out pretty loudly against the, the coup. And I think one of the triggers for this agreement was the introduction of uh, potential sanctions against the coup plotters. I think that increased the, the, the pressure significantly on, on the military leaders. Unfortunately, um, that pressure was not utilized to, to garner a better deal uh, for the people of Sudan. Um, but the, the Sudan sits in a, in a tough neighborhood. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that not everyone in, uh, in our immediate neighborhood uh, wants a, um, a beacon of democracy at their doorsteps. Uh, having said that, it is in the interest of every single neighbor of Sudan to see um, Sudan stable and Sudan uh, prospering. And that uh, will not happen uh, without uh, heeding the calls of millions of Sudanese on the streets who are not going home uh, until they get what they want, and that's freedom from military rule. Uh, Khalid, back in 2019, the African Union gave the council that existed then 60 days to hand over power to civilians. Then it suspended Sudan's membership. Again, why aren't we hearing more from the African Union in this? Because given what Ahmed was saying, it is in everybody's interest in the region to make sure that stability in Sudan is maintained. Well, the African Union has had to deal with a lot of coups of late, uh, uh, particularly in sort of the Sahelian and West African region. Um, the, the African Union as an institution is usually quite slow to respond to these things, and there are some internal fractures within it. Um, what we saw very quickly after the coup was that the Peace and Security Council um, of the African Union made moves to suspend um, Sudan, of course, but this was uh, sort of rejected by Egypt and Algeria, but the motion passed. What we've seen since yesterday's um, agreement is uh, we've had the Congolese um, Prime Minister is in town and he met uh, with Wuhan. Congo, of course, is, is heading the African Union at the moment. Um, and so there are moves to bring Sudan back into uh, the, the African Union fold and to restart, in many ways, lot the funding, which in many ways was the sort of main objective behind the seeming rapprochement between um, the coup plotters and the prime minister. Uh, this is quite a cynical move, I think. It's not just simply a case of you know, bringing Hamburg into uh, the government and sort of opening the money taps. It's much more about whether this really will need stability. Um, and might, it looks like right now that's not the case. Walid, as we mentioned at the, at the start of the program, um, there are several political factions who have said they're not going to support anything to do with this agreement. Is there any way that this agreement can actually function if that support is not given? Uh, that, that's, that's, I think that's the essential uh, question now in this process. Uh, obviously, I think that just the, the, the strikes and the civil disobedience to a great extent uh, have been very successful, uh, but it has brought the whole uh, economy and the whole economic activity to a halt. Uh, 
Nonetheless, it remains unclear whether it could influence change in the absence of any political brokerage. See, what's uh, one good thing about Hamdouk is that he has uh, adopted a policy of containment rather than denouncement. Uh, but it's uh, it's not clear that he uh, he has uh, succeeded in brokering a deal that would satisfy the young youth uh, revolting in the street, nor do I think that he has uh, given enough time to consult his uh, social and political base. So uh, in, uh, if, if the young youth in the street are saying that we don't want any dialogue with the uh, military junta, and the military junta refuses to accept some political figures, then obviously and definitely we do have some sort of a political stall bit. And uh, we, we need the interference of the African Union. We need the IGAD, the Intergovernmental Authority on Development, development to, to, to get involved to help the Sudanese people with brokering a deal that, that is principled, that is moral, and that is satisfying to the uh, needs and uh, the spirit of the Sudanese people. Mm. Ahmed, if the military does continue to hold control in Sudan, of course, long term, it's going to be responsible for all the problems that Sudan is facing with the economy, with food shortages and so on. Do you think that the military is actually prepared to deal with situations like that? Uh, absolutely not. And I think just 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 to uh, to add to what uh, what Walid was saying, I think the the the, the fundamental choice that Sudan is facing is not about a technocratic government or uh, who should be the prime minister. It is what is the role of the military in public life? And when, when we review what, are, what is the menu of available options, there is one option that we have tried for the last two years, in fact, for the last 30 years, and that hasn't worked, which is ruled by, by the military. So the, the, the millions on the streets have spoken and the word is clear that they don't want anything or any role for these individuals in the future of Sudan. And that makes Sudan ungovernable for them, uh, politically, economically, et cetera. These guys are not uh, experts or technocrats themselves. Uh, so they are unable to deliver on the prosperity that Sudan wants. But more importantly, um, they, they have a, a lot of blood on their hands, not just from the last three weeks, but from the Khartoum sit-in massacre, from uh, the, the, their involvement in, in some of the Darfur atrocities. So clearly, these are not the, the suitable people to lead Sudan into uh, a democratic transition. Uh, and, and that's why people are not accepting this deal and will not accept this deal. The, the, the standoff will continue. Uh, with only one possible outcome, which is uh, their exit from political life. Mm. Kolud, it does look as though this arrangement between the military and the prime minister is is here for the duration. It's not going to change anytime soon unless something, of course, significant happens. Would it be um, a responsible response by the protesters, by the opponents of this agreement, to at least give it some time to see if it can start delivering on anything that might then give some sort of indication that things could move forward? I mean, you know, one has to appreciate the level of um, sort of high emotion in the streets right now and the level of perceived betrayal 
um, you know, first by the military after they uh, deposed Bashir, then by the Sudan Revolutionary Forces, the former rebels, when they sided with the coup plotters and joined Sovereign Council um, quite recently, and then yesterday uh, by the Prime Minister himself. And I think that's going to take some time uh, for people to work through. There is a real sense of dejection and not at all any hope that this will work. But beyond that, you know, um, it's very difficult to think how um, an agreement that was overwhelmingly uh, brokered by one side, particularly at the expense of the other, um, that sort of sequestered the prime minister and isolated him from speaking to his constituents and to his support system, um, would then bring about the kind of things that the prime minister was, uh, and, and indeed the street, um, was trying to implement. It seems like there's an inherent contradiction in the way this agreement was brokered and in the way that, and, and what it's trying to implement. And so I think if that's going to, if that goes beyond emotion, it goes beyond sort of the technicalities of the agreement itself and more about the ways in which decision-making is happening in Sudan, as uh, uh, the previous speaker said, it's much more of the same rather than turning over a new leaf. Mm. Walid, we heard in the speeches that were made at the signing of the agreement that um, there seemed to be a lack of acknowledgement on the part of Abdullah Hamdak of the actions of the military. And one would imagine that it is important for the military, led by General Bohan, to get some sort of legitimacy, if you like, on the military takeover itself. The two men seem to be working reasonably well together at the moment, but do you think that that lack of acknowledgement, that lack of... Um, uh, of agreement, if you like, with what the military did, might actually cause problems and cause this to split further down the line. Uh, it, it it won't even take uh, much time. I don't. I, I think within a period of one month, one month, this is going to collapse. Uh, see, it's not. It's not about Al Burhan taking over power. It's. Uh, it is. We are seeing that he is boosting. The, uh, the presence of the Islamist groups back uh, in, in, in power. And uh, uh, one of your respected guests was speaking about the fact that it's uh, Sudan is in the middle of a region ruled by uh, autocrats, but uh, obviously uh, these autocrats, they, they don't like to see the Islamists back in, in power. So I, I think uh, Burhan now, in, in, in a period of one month, he has reinstated uh, uh, the Islamist cadre, at least the mid-level bureaucrats, back into place. And that is where there is going to be a disagreement between him and Burhan, between, uh, between Hamdouk and the revolutionary youth uh, it's, it's just going to be uh, a, a fight that uh, resists the idea of going back to the days of the Islamist, centrist, and racist state. Uh, the Sudanese people uh, have revolted to, to be able uh, to decentralize, to de, uh, de 
decentralize the, the government, but, all, but more important, they wanted to get rid of the Islamist centrist state. Now, what the Sudanese Walid Madabo, I'm I very think, sorry, but I'm afraid time has caught up with us, and I apologize for cutting you off like that. But I do want to say thank you to all our guests, Khalid Khayar, Amir Al-Galili, and Walid Madebo. Thank you very much indeed for being with us. And that's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Mohammed Al Aichi, Imran Ola Khan, Abdurrahman Wahsami, and Jimmy Getakhan. Studio sound was by Yara Atala. The program was edited by Manish Mate, Lynn Engwen, and Joe DeFres. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. We're going to be back again on Tuesday. Thank you.